Dr. Mark Siegel is a star on Fox News. And any medical questions we've got, we go to Dr. Mark. Plus, he's a big Nick fan, and he's uh, taking me to a game. He's giving tickets to me and my son, Gabriel, which I'll always love him for. Here he is, my dear friend, Dr. Mark Siegel. Siegs, how are you? Sid, don't think you have to use past tense there. We're going to go to plenty more Nick games, but we're going to have to drink more than usual the way they're playing. I mean, I predicted a middle-of-the-pack season, I must say. I think Jalen Brunson has actually done better than people expected, but they don't have that big star. And, you know, you've you've looked sideways at Randall for a while. So all the New York teams are middle-of-the-pack. We can't yeah. go to a Giant or a Jet game either. I mean, and by the way, speaking of Maureen Walsh, I know her very well. She's a really wonderful makeup artist. So she you, is great. You, you, yeah. You hang with the right people. <laughs> She's a great girl. Great girl. I mean, look, the Giants are seven four and one. They're in it. The Jets are seven yeah. and five. They're in it. Uh, the Knickerbockers, uh, Julius Randle's actually playing much better this year than he did Correct. last year. But they're like a game or two under five hundred. The Nets also like a game or two over five hundred. So you're right. We got to wait the baseball season with Verlander and Queens and Judge back in the Bronx. Could be another very special baseball season. Remember, the Yankees won ninety nine and the Mets won over a hundred. Pretty good. But another one went to the That's World Series. But- and by the way, I didn't mean to put down the Giants and Jets. I, I I went to med school in Buffalo. I just that team, you know, just dominates that division. Buffalo. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. No, I, 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 I wouldn't talk about the Bills too much because that's Kathy Hochul's team. And anything, sorry about that. And even she well, likes. Well, it may be her team, but a chicken wing. Uh, it's a chicken wing team. Yes, team it is. Too. Yes, a lot of fat people, chicken wings, and snow. That's Buffalo, right? But we're going to be going to a game, plenty of games. We can report back from Keene Steakhouse. We'll, we'll have a couple. <laughs> yeah, of beers. I can't wait. You, you'll be. You know, you're, you're very well known there. So as, as soon as you you show up there. We'll be down at the front row, and everybody will be coming for autographs. Oh, that's so. right. Last time we went, I we did actually go downstairs and sat next to my dear friend, NFL Hall of Famer Michael Irvin, if, I, if I'm correct. Yes? Yeah, and and you know, and as you told me, you worked with him in Florida. So in Miami, you know him. Yeah. yeah. he's my boy. So I just got this uh, tweet from a lady named Shava Thorne, and I guess she tweeted this to you, too. She says, when you get Dr. Siegel on, can you discuss the December 2nd CDC study indicating the RVE, which is relative value effectiveness, of the bivalent booster is about 28% maybe lower if just the current BAQ variants were included as an over 65 person? I'd love to know if the bivalent booster is still worth taking. Who better than you, Dr. Mark? Yes or no? Well, what a sophisticated uh, listener. I mean, we've got everything from beer drinkers here to people that are analyzing VREs. I mean, I, I, I'm, like, blown away. Yeah. Who doesn't listen to Sid in the morning? Who? Nobody. So, they all listen. The, the answer is if you're in a high-risk group and you haven't had recent immunity on board from either having had COVID or you haven't had a shot in a year, the bivalent booster, I think, is just as safe as previous ones, and I do think it— decreases your risk of getting it for a month or two, and I think it decreases severity. So I'm on the camp of getting it if you're in a high-risk group, if you're elderly, if you're having underlying conditions especially. It's completely underutilized here. We've only had 30 million people take it, Sid, because of the browbeating of the government saying, you know, the threats, the, va- the, the threatened mandates and all that. That's turned a lot of people off. The conversation belongs in the doctor's office or on the radio here with you. There you go. So the other day I sneezed. I just sneezed. I sneezed. And what does somebody in my house say? They'll, they'll remain anonymous for this conversation. They go, oh, my God, you have long-term COVID. I go, I, I have what? What is that? 
I had COVID like two years ago. You, you have long-term. You're still sneezing. What do you mean still sneezing? That's my first sneeze in like nine months. But people are so insane. I, listen, I'm not a doctor. You are. I don't believe long-term COVID even exists. To me, that's nonsense. They're just trying to keep this, this thing alive for some reason. You tell me about long-term COVID. First of all, we know why they're trying to keep it alive. It's a, it's a public health nightmare that causes a lot of p- p- politicians to kind of get on a podium. And by the way, it doesn't bring votes, so I don't even understand that. But I think there is such a thing as long COVID. I oh, think you it do? Has to do, yeah. I so you've been, you, you, you've been, you've been, brain you've been brainwashed, too. You've been sneezing has nothing to do with it. <laughs> okay. I mean, you're sneezing because you're sneezing someone's wearing the wrong perfume around you. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not long COVID. By the way, I was on a plane coming back from Israel last week. Get this. And some guy was coughing on the entire plane, coughing his head off. So I made a video of, you know, I don't care about a mask. How about this coughing? And my wife says to me, they're going to throw you off this plane. And I said, Sid, why don't they throw the guy off the plane for coughing? I said, besides, we were flying over Iceland. I said, fine, let them land in Iceland. I'll get (laughs) off. I'll go in a a sauna. You know what? No, listen, it's funny you say that because my wife, Danielle, who you know well, she or she's the same way. If she's in a public place, and an airplane, of course, is pretty tight, but if she's in a public place, like a restaurant, for example, if we go out for dinner and there's somebody at a table next to us coughing and or sneezing, she gets, like, out of control. I'm like, Danielle, calm down. Three years ago, you wouldn't have thought twice about it. Now COVID comes out, and like you, Mark, you've clearly been brainwashed, too, uh, all of a sudden, it's a big deal. Calm down. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm actually uh, – I – I was making a different point. I'm on your side more than on your wife's on this. I wrote the fear book, and I think you're absolutely right that people have personalized this to the point where they think the world is ending if anybody coughs. (laughs) I agree with your take on that. But I'm just saying on the other side of that, there's there's the idea that it's – now that the mask mandates are gone, which they should be gone, I'm anti-mandate, always have been, thought it was ridiculous. It's like collars of obedience, masks of obedience that nobody wears properly. Having said that, I can't believe that that someone on a, that a stewardess on a plane doesn't care that someone's... Cr- no, you're right. Hacking. You're right. On an airplane, yeah. No, you're right. At the very least, put them in the bathroom. <laughs> Like, Maybe like, you should go to Iceland. You know, there's some very nice. There's the Blue Lagoon. I mean, there's a lot of places. Oh, it's lovely. There. Yes, it's lovely. So I, I heard the uh, governor Kathy Hochul. I saw her, I should say, on New York One this morning, and she was speaking yesterday about the same topics you and I are discussing right now. The difference is, you're a great doctor, and she's a putz. But she was going on. <laughs> <laughs> she was going on and on about getting your flu shot, which I'm all for. I do get the flu shot every year. I never did. I never did. But one year I was asked to actually hand out toys to terminally sick children at Maimonides Hospital, and I could only go to the ward if I got the flu shot, and I was all too willing to do that. Now I get it every year. What is your recommendation on that? Well, first of all, I was just thinking it's a sign of a low IQ if you show up at a vaccine center and says, I'm taking a vaccine because the governor told me to. I mean, what the hell is that? I don't know. So so that's just the the sign of our times. But in terms of the actual medical wisdom on this, this particular flu shot this year seems to be a good match for the prevailing strain. And yes, when we were locked down and shut down and closed down, we didn't see the flu. We didn't get acquainted with it. Our immune systems weren't revved up. So we're getting a ton of flu this year. So yes, I say take the vaccine. But again, again, your other point, the fear mongering, the, 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 Panicking is not helping at all. No, especially from her. Uh, I did read. Oh, you sent it. 
to me, actually, when I did read. Cold medicine shortages. Now, I know, of course, we get almost 90% of our antibiotics from China. We need to change that in a hurry before they completely destroy us, make our own antibiotics here. But uh, cold medicine shortage, why is that the case? Well, you just said it. It's because the supply chain's coming from China. Uh, It's shocking. The U.S. Census, of all places, found that 95% of imported ibuprofen comes from China to the United States. 74% of imported Tylenol comes from China. Right now, China came out of its lockdowns. They rebelled against the Chinese Communist Party. I thought there was going to be a mass execution. But instead, they they relieved some of these lockdowns. So you know what people are doing in China, Sid? They're rushing the pharmacies. I want Tylenol. You talk about Fear-mongering. You know, they feel if they don't give their kid a pill, they're not going to make it. So that's what we're seeing in the United States, too. People hoarding Tylenol, hoarding acetam, uh, hoarding Motrin. Acetaminophen, yeah. Yeah, yeah all that hoarding stuff. acetaminophen, hoarding ibuprofen. And then yeah. if they can't get it, they're taking kids to urgent care centers, right. which are getting clogged. All fear-driven responses. Last one. Uh, Brittany Griner was just let go. Finally, we made a horrible trade, gave up a Russian arms dealer for a basketball player. But whatever, I'm glad she's coming home. But Bill O'Reilly was just on, and he said, let me tell you something. Brittany Griner should come home and explain to little kids the dangers of marijuana because she was arrested for bringing a very little bit of marijuana, certainly not worthy of nine years, but she did have drugs on her when she went to Russia. And his point was, he gave me some statistics that um, childhood marijuana, not childhood, uh, teenage marijuana use is up at a very scary number. Now, I know it's legal here in New York. My own wife is a lawyer. She even thought about, you know, providing licenses because there's big money in that for that to these retail shops. But on just a medicinal note in terms of the health of our people, legal marijuana, Dr. Mark Siegel, nothing financial, medicinal, good or bad. Completely agree with O'Reilly on this. Let me tell you a statistic you don't know. The number of calls for children under the age of 18 to poison control centers for marijuana now exceeds alcohol. And the reason is marijuana is not the marijuana Sid and Siegel knew. This is marijuana that's loaded with THC. So it's a very chemically active substance, 15 to 20 percent or more in the gummies. And so you end up, if you have an underlying anxiety problem, you could end up in psychosis or vomiting syndrome. So ERs are filling with people that have taken too much of this. So I'm worried about the chronic everyday use of this and what it does to the psyche, what it does to behavior, what it does not just to the brain, but but again, vomiting. And the other thing that you, that Bill didn't mention to you is that in states where marijuana is legal, five times more pregnant women are smoking it than before. Five times what? than in states that are, where it isn't legal. And a pregnant woman is taking it for nausea, obviously. Guess what? Bad for the fetus. Bad it causes preterm births. Disaster for pregnant women to be smoking. Well, not just preterm births, but and I don't know the answer to this. Maybe it's not as addictive as crack cocaine, but don't those babies come out looking for more marijuana? I'm yes. being serious. Yes, they have behavioral delays, and they're looking for more marijuana. They're addicted. Absolutely. So I think I think you're absolutely on target with this. But remember, the problem is we call it weed, but it's not the weed that you and I knew. Right, right, yeah. Well, maybe I'll stop taking gummies now. I only take two a night. <laughs> well, you need it for the, all those workouts you do with those movies. You, you know, yes, glistening yes. shoulders. you yes. got to do something to calm down the pain. And believe it or not, it does calm down the pain, and it makes me calm at night. When it's time to go to bed, it helps me fall asleep. But on a serious note, I think it is dangerous for our kids, and that's why when people like Jesse Ventura, they're out there yelling and screaming how great it is, and I can't get enough recreational marijuana, that's, that's, that's not good. That's not good. No. 
Well, I bet you could take Jesse Ventura in a fight right now. I'll he, kick he, his he's ass. He's not what he was. No, I know. But he beat my cousin, believe it or not, Norm Coleman, in the gubernatorial race in Minnesota many years ago. Norm finished second to Jesse Ventura. Uh, you've wow. been a second to nobody, Dr. Mark Siegel. You're the best. I love when you're on. Another great segment. Thank you so much. And I'll see you at Madison Square Garden. And at Keene Steakhouse beforehand. It's I a love date. it. I'll give you some dates. Thank you, All Dr. Right. Mark. You were great. See you soon. All right, I'll okay. take care. Dr. Mark Siegel.